I mean, for me, spirituality is simply what is yet unseen. Intrepid explorers of the extraordinary and uncharted realms of existence, I'm your host CJ and welcome to Supernormalized, the podcast where we challenge the conventional, break through boundaries and endeavour to make the supernatural the new normal. My mission here at Supernormalized is to dispel the shroud of mystery cloaking the so-called supernatural, inviting you to open your minds, expand your consciousness and embrace the fascinating wonders of our universe that often remain unexplored. Are you a torchbearer of the unusual knowledge and or have you have had a unique story that you'd like to share with the world? I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me directly at supernormalized at proton.me and become part of my mission to normalize the supernatural. Today, we're thrilled to be in the company of an extraordinary guest, Linda Polio, a trailblazer in the realm of human consciousness. Linda wears many hats consciousness doula, multi-award winning author, thought leader, and the world's first chief consciousness officer at a global futurist marketing consultancy. Through her best-selling visionary novel, Trusting the Currents, Linda invites us into an enthralling world of conscious awareness. As an accomplished New York advertising executive, she has demonstrated her dedication to elevating human consciousness, applying her expertise uh, to forge new paths in conscious business and communication practices. Linda's journey is as varied as it is rich. With experience spanning multiple um, spiritual disciplines, energetic practices, and healing modalities, she's a master at helping individuals understand and connect to energetic frequencies that catalyze self-awareness and foster both personal and global transformation. In her, It's in her belief that we are all on a path to become something unexpected. Linda champions the power of the heart as the source we seek, and as an empath, INFP and HSP, she brings an, a deeply intuitive and compassionate perspective to her work. Today, she joins us from the vibrant landscape of Sedona, Arizona, after leaving the bustling heart of New York City in her current endeavor. Linda is crafting her first live online workshop series, Wisdom Keeping, designed to support those stepping into a new consciousness. Lastly, before we start, if you enjoy journeying with me, the best way to support Supernormalize is to help me reach more conscious minds like yours. So, dear listener, I personally invite you to fire up your favorite podcast app, hit up that five-star rating, and let the algorithms know that this is a conversation worth sharing. Now, sit back, tune in, dear listeners, embrace yourselves for a journey into the depths of human consciousness as we delve into the world of Linda Polio, a pioneer in making the supernatural supernormalized. Let's dive in. Welcome to the show, Linda. <laughs> Thank you, CJ. I'm really happy to be here, and I'm happy to be connecting to you from across the world. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So, where should we start with this? I mean, what I've got to ask you: What is a consciousness doula <laughs> in your own words? <laughs> um, well, the reason I I tend to have always called myself things that I believe need to exist on the planet that may not exist yet. 
Mm. And um, I think I started um, when I was a child calling myself things that didn't exist. And then even when I created the the role of a chief consciousness officer in, in corporate America, that didn't exist at this time. And I really worked at trying to normalize um, having consciousness as part of the business model because my feelings was just as when digital technologies came onto the planet and was all these different energies and all these weird people talking about this new technology that was coming in that no one really understood and the people that were odd were sitting in their garages and their attics and then they started speaking to each other and created businesses and created their own language their own computer language which then allowed the technologies of the digital world to kind of become more expansive and eventually corporations had to hire a new function called the chief technology officer someone who understood these new technologies coming onto the planet yes. and how to navigate them to to their consumers and to their employees and to their um, different business partners so mm. I feel and I felt um, that as the world was changing um, and the transformation that we're going through was just beginning, that we needed to really understand and engage what I call the human technologies of wisdom, intuition, compassion, empathy, forgiveness, and gratitude, and start bringing those into corporate mainstream culture. So just as the chief technology officer was um, hired, I wanted to create a position within corporations called the chief consciousness officer who would bring these technologies, these subtle technologies, because digital technologies are more masculine, they're external, um, uh, whereas human technologies are really feminine, they're very subtle, they're internal, so you have to be more sensitive to feeling them. So someone who understood what these technologies are would help. So I created the the title because I wanted it to exist on the planet. And even when I started it and I started working with an advertising, um, working in social, you know, conscious business practices, people would say, well, why can't you call yourself a chief culture officer or chief something officer? And I yeah, said, well, if you can't say the, yeah, if you can't say the word consciousness, you can't be it. So yeah. it had to be a word that made its way into our lexicon. And so, um, my next thing was, you know, I as I got further, I sort of moved away from from business to to a large degree and really started working with people that were beginning to awaken and mm -hmm. awaken to the idea that the world that they thought they would be inhabiting is not really the world. What is what is reality? What is energy? What are frequencies? How are we connected and interconnected to each other and to everything on the planet and to the cosmos? And I felt the only way to do that was to help people birth their own consciousness. And a doula is well known for being someone who births babies. A doula means yes. birthing. Mm. So doulas have been around for a long time, helping mothers birth babies. And in the last few years, death doulas have come onto the scene, helping people to um, understand death in a more profound way. Because if we, if we can change our relationship with death, we can change our relationship with life. So death doulas are there to help birth people through the death process and their families. And I just felt like it was time that we really took consciousness to that kind of level. And my whole goal in life for the rest of my life is to help people who are awakening birth their own consciousness so they can find their own inner resonance signature and get into their own wisdom and be able to create life from that inner space instead of letting the outside world dictate who they become. Yes. Wow.
Well, I'm all for that for sure. That's that's brilliant. <laughs> I, I think we need more of those consciousness officers in. Um... <laughs> we need more. We need more <laughs> conscious people, and we need more people that are willing to go inside their uh, their their inner universe because our inner universe is as expansive as our outer universe. But we are not shown how to go in there. In fact, we are told that it's a scary place and. And because our heart holds so much trauma from past lives and from our ancestral traumas and from our childhood traumas, it's it's not a comfortable place for people to venture inside. We don't like going places that are in the unknown. And that's the only way you get into consciousness is by taking those leaps into the unknown. So, you know, help being helped by having community around you, friends around you, books, courses, podcasts, things that make you feel that you're not alone because becoming conscious is a fairly solitary experience in the beginning. Um, I'm not sure why that is, but most people that begin to awaken are usually around people that don't understand what they're experiencing and yes. they don't really have anyone to talk to and they begin to think that they're going crazy. Um, so it's really helpful to be able to find your communities, whether they're online or whether they're in your own local area and find the people that you can actually be vulnerable with and start, start communicating about maybe some unusual experiences that you're having, um, yes. or some feelings that you're having about what you're being told in the world that you feel maybe is not the truth. So that's, um, I, I think that is kind of the, the crux of my focus on, on being a consciousness doula now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, it seems that, that uh, most of society isn't really, I mean, I, this is something which is falling away. I mean, um, the the control of consciousness, the control of, of um, uh, the connection to, I would even say the connection to the infinite, which is actually a natural state that we all have, um, but um, we're allowed, we, we get blinded by, distraction continuously and um told that in, anything outside of the the norm is not right <laughs> which is really bizarre because you know when you do connect connect right. yourself to the infinite <laughs> and to the to the power of um infinite love the power of um infinite consciousness um that you can transcend all of these fears that that plague us in in everyday life and uh that's that's a very commendable thing to be doing for sure and um I, I as i said before i think everyone really does need a chief consciousness officer in their organizations because then that would mean people have, like I us would actually be able to agree. do more things to help more people <laughs> yeah exactly well we're 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 kind of on the other side of of the window i mean you yes. know the main the main world is still running as it always has been and yeah. i don't think that's going to change i think that most of us that are on the uh, on this side of the window have come to terms with the fact that we're not going to change the minds of anyone who doesn't want to look at this and that's fine i mean that's not their role in this life if that's right if you're part of this consciousness um transformation you know it and yeah. you um you really get further and further away from from the mainstream and we what we're trying to do here is build something stronger and better and more meaningful and more interconnected than what than what we're leaving it doesn't mean what we're leaving was bad or wrong it just this is the evolution of consciousness as you That's become it. more conscious you start seeing things differently <laughs> yeah that's right that's it's normal to see things differently and, and it's actually 
it is a it is a comfort to actually have people around you that um, are able to see it. Um, although I I must say that for quite a long time, I I would I would upgrade, and then people around me were like, "You're totally nuts," <laughs> you know. That's, they, I know. Don't, they, they don't get it. But then what? You know, it's not easy. You know, ten years down the line, you know, you jump in a cabin. Somebody's saying the same thing you were saying, you know, fifteen, twenty years ago. It's like, oh, it's normal now. Okay, exactly. So if you've been on this road, time, yeah, you, yeah. you know. I mean, I always call consciousness like Russian dolls because yes. you know those Russian stacking dolls. Because when yeah. you're in the 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 smallest one, you think that that's the only thing there is, and then you break out of that doll and you go into the next doll and you go, oh my god. I didn't know this before. I didn't know this about myself. I didn't know this about the world. I, I'm i beginning to see things differently. And then you just get comfortable in that Russian doll, and all of a sudden you have another expansion of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And then you can see that where you were was not really the absolute truth either. And I don't think that we ever get to a time in our lives where we get to the end of the process. I think life is the process. Yes. And I think it's just a matter of how far down the road do you want to go and are capable of going to explore your own your own consciousness before we move on to whatever's over there um, yeah right. but you know it really is very it's it's very adventurous it's a very it requires it's an explorer yeah. and an adventurer um, yeah. so it's it's really not for the faint of heart no it definitely requires a curiosity and um, i would i would phrase mm -hmm. it as a uh, a sense of um ongoing transcendence like one one of the trances that you previously had ends and you go on to the next one and and on and on and on as you expand in your understanding hmm. okay so what is it like to unexpectedly okay. channel a multi-award winning amazon bestseller and in inspirational fiction how did that happen and and what did that mean <laughs> for you at the time um well that's actually a good question um it was like it was it's been life changing not that i knew it was going to be life changing and i think that's something that um anyone who's out there who starts hearing little voices in their head or starts being pulled into directions that they didn't expect to go yes. we're always asked if we want to take that road or not and you could say yeah. no if it's too scary or if you're too busy but if you say yes you will end up going to places that you never expected to be and I, I mean, I would have, I've gotten my whole life as we were talking earlier that, you know, we've both been on this path since we were born, I think, um, mm. having different kinds of experiences and being told that yeah. we were a little nuts, but, yeah. um, you know, putting it aside, I put it aside for a long time when I was, you know, growing up, um, going to school and getting into business, but then it just came, you know, roaring back. And I would, I've gotten what I would consider high knowledge channeled to me my whole life. Just, I would just know things and I would be speaking to someone. I would get information about them. So that was a very normal experience for me, but it was always sort of in my own voice. It wasn't another voice. And this was the first time I was sitting in my um, apartment in New York. I was still in New York at the time and I was working on a consulting project in conscious business practices. Mm. And all of a sudden I heard a Southern black woman's voice just say to me, it's not what happened to me that matters. And it was a very powerful, strong, independent, singular voice. Yes. And it kind of freaked me out in the beginning. So I just wrote down that sentence on my computer and then I just sat there and then she kept talking for another couple paragraphs and I kept writing it down and then she went away and I went, okay, that's weird, but fine. And I went back to work and then three or four days later, I'm working on something else and she came back again 
And over a, a few week period, she just would pop in every once in a while. And she always picked up where she left off. So the writing, the, the channeling of the book was all stream of consciousness. I never knew what I was writing until I was writing it. So right. I never knew where the story was going until I was actually telling the story right then. Yes. And it took me about, and but I had to say yes to her because saying yes to her meant leaving some things behind that I was working on and leaving some work that I that I had to do behind mm -hmm. and just listening to her. So I had to accept the, um, it felt like a covenant to me. I had to accept the covenant of telling her story. So it took me about two years to channel her story. And it started in New York for several months. And then she told me to go back to Sedona because I had been going back and forth to Sedona since after my father died yeah. when I heard a voice say, go to Sedona. Um, so she said, go back to Sedona. And I spent the last nine months channeling the rest of the book in Sedona. And it has a lot of nature in the book. And that all was part of my experiences in Sedona. So after nine months, um, I wrote the last words of the book and she left. I felt her energy leave me. And yes. I never heard her voice again in the same way. But I went back to New York and I was completely whacked from channeling this very heavy Southern dialect black woman's voice for two years. And as you can tell, I'm neither black nor Southern. Yes. So it was a very unusual experience for me. And it kind of screwed with my head a little bit. So I went back mm. to New York and I had to go back to work and I put the book away for a year and I never expected to go back to it. And I had to go back to work. I had to, I had to readjust my energy again to being in the real world and not in this channeling experience. Mm. And I went back to consulting and about a year later, she came back and said, it's time to start editing. And so it took me eight <laughs> years wow. to edit the book because yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no faith in myself being able to do this she just conjoled and conjoled and conjoled me over time and um i won't go into the long crazy story behind it but yeah it finally came out after eight years of editing and i decided to self-publish because i thought who is going to publish a first-time spiritual novelist by a middle-aged white woman about a black southern girl i said that is even i saw the irony in that Yes. So I self-published it. It took me a while. And um, I was in the midst of taking care of my mother at the time. I had a, I took care of my mother for nine years, for 24-7. And the editing of that and the publishing of that came through at that point in time. So I was in a very altered state in many, in many ways during that period of my life. Um, but the book came out and people it spoke to people. It's won 13 literary awards. Wow. And it that's, was the number one Amazon awesome. bestseller in inspirational yeah. fiction. And the reviews are unbelievable. It, 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 she really, her, her name is Addie Mae Aubrey and she really touches people no matter who they are. The book is sold all over the world, different cultures, different religions, different oh, races. Crazy. And, um, I think as people read her story, she tells you your own story. So yes. many people find their own voice in her voice. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so this um, being that you were channeling, did she ever, um, did you ever find her her life story in reality or was she a, a purely a, channel, a channeled entity? 
I I don't well you know I'm I'm also a conscious skeptic. I believe in what I have. I think we all live in our belief systems. I think yeah. consciousness is such a huge thing. Whatever yes. consciousness is, it is within our. We don't have the ability to comprehend what consciousness is. Our brains can't do that. So mm-hmm. I think what our brains do is they create belief systems, even around spirituality and consciousness, that our minds can manage. So yes. and and we create little nests. We create nests of reality within these little, um, you know, consciousness belief systems that we create. So in my conscious belief system, I mean, I she was named Aubrey came to me right away. The reason she Nate was named Addie May was not but a year after I was channeling her I could not get her first name she kept changing it and I knew I was waiting for something but I didn't know what and it was the anniversary of the of the Birmingham church bombings in in um the states here in the south that killed four little girls and it be, mm. it was a big um civil rights thing and it was yes. awful um yeah. And one of the little girls that was murdered was named Addie Mae Collins. And it happened to be the anniversary of the Birmingham church bombings. So I was watching television. I saw the photo, the images of the four little girls. And as soon as I saw Addie Mae Collins, I knew that that was her name. So I changed her name to Addie Mae. And for the rest of the time I wrote the book, I had Addie Mae Collins picture taped to my computer. And I don't think it was Addie Mae Collins because mm. of timing and and plus she never really grew up i mean she died when she was i don't know 14 years old mm-hmm. 12 13 yes. 14 years old so but it was just this this sense of of honoring that energy and honoring all mm. those four little girls energy giving them a life that they didn't have and addie make aubrey who's the the narrator of of trusting the currents is an yes. amazing woman an amazing human being mm. um so and then, you know, I was told later by different psychics, you know, that she was someone that I had been in a past life with in, in uh, New Orleans. And so, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, she could have been just, you know, I always used to ask her, like, why did you, why me? You know, I, yeah. it seemed to me, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a writer. I wasn't black. I wasn't from the South. I wasn't looking to channel anything. I mean, it was, I was just a very unnatural choice for her. And she would say that's exactly why, to show what two women that share the same compassionate spirit can accomplish when they come together. And to also show that, you know, we want to celebrate our differences, you know, where we Mm -hmm. come from. We don't have the luxury of all these differences. You know, we get to be different colors and different races and different personalities and genders. And and to our souls, I think our souls find it quite exciting because wherever we go back to, we probably are pretty much our different energies than we are in this life Mm. so i think that that was to sort of help people understand that it's a gift these differences that we share and that we shouldn't spend too much time or energy um you know fighting about it and um so that was yeah so that's so i don't really know who she was um i've never heard her voice again in the same way i used to hear her laugh at me she finds always found fear very funny and every time I was afraid, I would hear her laughing at me. Oh, God. Um, she, yeah, she thought fear was hysterical. Maybe, it's, maybe, it's like, why maybe she's, yeah, maybe she's you, seen a lot of fear and afraid she's of? Like, what, transcended it, or she can see I think, the outcome in me. So yeah, there's nothing else. I think it. it was more like, yeah, I think it was more like, you know, fear is just, 
you know, this, you're not going to pay attention to this when you're over. This is all part of the fun of life. You yeah, know, yeah, when you right. get back, this is, these things are going to be just, it's really about the experiences that we're given in life. When, and the soul does not decide whether, you know, one is good and one is bad. The soul celebrates every experience it has because it's still life. So yes. I think that, uh, you know, she found fear so funny because it would be something that I would probably honor when I leave this planet and I go back and go, that was really fun. You know, that was something that, yeah, my, my human body was not real happy about, but, um, but I can see now. Yeah. So I I think that, I mean, that was my interpretation of it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you're living outside of time and you can see all events, past, present, future, maybe you could look at fear and go, you might as well enjoy that when you can. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because exactly. when you're on the other side, it's like, <laughs> that's tr- just trivia by comparison. So <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. We don't, yeah. we don't know what's there. We don't know whether we, when we leave, we go, Oh man, the times that I was suffering were actually yeah. the most exciting for my soul. We just yeah, don't yeah. know. And yeah, we, um, don't know. That's you know true. we have our own interpretation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I, I had some contact with the spirit similar to um, what you've had, but it didn't channel, channel a book. Mine was more like a, a guidance sort of thing. And, um, you know, she made a good impact on my life. And um, it did, she did come and then she did leave at just the right time when she said, oh, this is it. We're, this is all we're doing. And I, I couldn't believe that she could leave yeah. and everything would change so dramatically when it did. Um, and I lost a lot of the the extra power and understanding and connection that I had felt through having that. So um, I was going to, yeah, going to I understand ask that. You, that. Yeah, I was going to that ask happened you, to me too. Yeah, right. So did my one of the things that I I I had was a yearning to connect with her again over time, and um, you know, every now and then she'd pop in just as a light voice saying, oh, "I'm still here," you know, <laughs> but but you know, I'm not. She's she's not to that level because she did what she did. She's already done her work. So I was going to ask you, have has she actually dropped back in at all to say hello or uh, connect with you in any way since? I mean, not not in the same way. Like like I said, I have never heard her voice again. Yes. Sometimes I feel, um, I think she comes more as an impulse. Okay. And the impulse generally is always around the book because she she wants me to keep, keep it out there because it really, really does um, help people go through very difficult times and help people that are going through their own awakening to understand the process that they're undertaking. And this may be, it's her story, but it's everyone's story. So she comes across as impulse when I get lazy or whether I get busy and she goes, okay, you know, you, you need to pay attention to me again and you need to help me get more of my words out there again. So I think I think that was her, um, but but when she left, um, I kind of went back to my normal life. But I, but I have had similar experiences. Um, I didn't have a huge shift in my energy field when she left, except that I felt her gone because I had she had been gone for many years in the in that way while I was editing the book. Um, yeah. I felt like, in, in fact, when I first channeled the book um i wouldn't even put my name on the book i said uh by Addie may aubrey is told to linda palio it wasn't until i spent eight years editing the book that i felt any sense of connection to the book right so then i can put my name on it 
Yeah. So then it was mine. And then she allowed me to take control of the book because I had put my, I had put the work in. Mm. Um, but, but I've had other experiences with being connected to other energies that I don't know who they were, but they were very light and they were very big and mm. they made my life go into different directions. And it was really fun. And it was very, um, mystical. I've had a lot of tremendously mystical experiences in my life, which I think tends to happen, particularly at the beginning of a journey, because it's almost like, you know, they are sucking you into, oh, yeah, this is happening, but it doesn't stay. And right. what happens is when, when it goes away, you think you've done something wrong, because you don't have that same connection to these high level etheric frequencies that make you feel so good and that make everything seem so magical around you. And you have to go back to being human again which mm. is not as much fun. That's right. <laughs> yeah, being, it can be. As being as being mystical. <laughs> That's true. Sorry, I just had a cough there. Um, yeah, so, uh, okay. Well, yeah, I, I can say that I've, I've experienced that too, you know, with, with connection to, to um, different sort of beings and entities over time. And, um, yeah, the, the ones that I've had have been mostly beneficial, but there have been, you know, also challenging ones that have stepped in to try and make my life a bit messy. But um, you know, with the right um, guidance, I also got out of, got out of those situations with other other beings, which is completely surprising and also well, they, unexpected. Yeah, they come too. <laughs> they come too, and 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 the difficult part is discerning. Yeah, um, that's right. When that's you right. step on the path of consciousness, you you really have to start becoming way discerning because. Um, even the negative energies that that will come to you could come across as trying to help you or they could be feeding your ego in some way mm. telling you that you're this or you're that or you're the next coming of Jesus or whatever it is oh yeah and, the messianic um, ones yeah. <laughs> they're really yeah they're really feeding your ego and if they yes. feed your ego they're probably not there for your highest good right um the ones that are there for your highest good are there just to help you um explore yourself and be open to yourself and have and find a little bit of courage to move, you know, to sort of move forward into the unknown. And then yeah. they'll leave you because eventually you have to do it yourself. That's and right. then sometimes other ones come in and sometimes they don't, or they're there and we just don't know. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's, um, it's a, it's a long and winding road to be on this path. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. And uh, yeah, it's good to be conscious of where you are and, and how you deal with those beings. Definitely. So I should step on another question here and see how we can go um, up from here, which is um, what is consciousness and why is it important to understand and engage? Well, the fast and easy answer is we have no idea what consciousness is. And yes. so again, we are, we are working within our own belief systems based on, like I my my perception of consciousness is based on my belief system based on my experience, my life experience, my knowledge, um, everything that I have taken in that resonated with me. I mean, consciousness is very much all about finding resonance and, you know, finding resonance. I, I call it your inner resonance signature, which is that one frequency that is yours alone, because we are mostly formed by external frequencies that are telling us who we are, whether it's our family unit, whether it's our culture, whether it's our schools, whether it's the media or governments or religions, they just they try to decide who we are. 
And, you know, it's, we're, we become like an onion or inner resident signature just gets covered with different layers of social conditionings. But if we can get back to that inner resident signature, that one, that one sort of note cellular song that is ours alone, then we can start creating our life from that place. And consciousness is the ability to find that one note within you. And I mean, I believe consciousness could be God. Consciousness is just this space where everything exists and, and everything we are is coming out of consciousness. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a kind of a hairy thing. Um, but I do look at it having multiple layers and yes. everyone is in a layer of consciousness. I mean, trees have consciousness, rocks have consciousness, the stars have consciousness, the plants have consciousness. They may have different kinds of consciousness because our consciousness are coming through our human bodies. Yes. But, um, but yeah, I mean, consciousness is just everything. It's everything we are. And it's important to explore consciousness because that's when you own yourself. That's mm -hmm. when you know your own wisdom. That's when you can start making your own decisions for yourself. Mm -hmm. That's when it becomes important that you know, you know, the people around you. Are they supporting you? Are they trying to hold you back from exploring different parts of yourself that you that you see emerging, but you're a little you're a little afraid of, and you don't have anyone around you that can help you explore that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm a consciousness doula. For me, everything is consciousness. Life is consciousness, and life is about the exploration of consciousness. And everything that comes out of consciousness, consciousness is like the fertile soil that all the flowers and the trees and the birds and humans. Everything, everything grows out of consciousness. So the more we can cultivate and fertilize our consciousness, we become more aware. And for me, um, consciousness is all about moving into your heart because consciousness doesn't necessarily have to be heart-based, mm. just awareness. Yes, Consciousness is merely awareness. But for it to be valuable to humans, it needs to come through the heart. Because we want to have good experiences in our lives. We want to feel love. We want to feel compassion. We want to feel empathy. We want to feel our place in the world. We want to feel like we have a purpose and a meaning. And um, and that all comes through the heart. Mm. Um, so it's really important that you cultivate your heart consciousness. And there are a lot of people that are, that are helping people do that right now because it's scary. We, we store a lot of trauma in our heart. And most of our trauma is completely unconscious. We don't even know it's there until we start reacting and responding to people that get us angry or you know, the, the guy that's driving too slow for us or, and we start reacting. And then we realize that, oh, okay, you know, it has nothing to do with the person we're mad at. This is our unconscious trauma that is trying to get our attention. And instead of us paying attention to what is inside of us and moving into that trauma and allowing ourselves to feel and find where that is and feel it and maybe get some help in that, whether you want to go to a therapist, whether you want to go to a shaman, whether you want to work with plant medicines. I mean, there's many ways, whether you want to go into meditation, there's many ways to start cultivating that inner resident signature so that you can start working on your unconscious trauma so that you can get into your heart in a more meaningful way. And then your heart is open. And when your heart is open, all kinds of beautiful things come out of it and all kinds of beautiful things come into it. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. 
So that actually does cover the, the question I was going to ask, which was um, how do you shift from living from your head to your heart? So I think you've covered most of that there just in that explanation. Yeah, you have to just, it. I mean, your head is your head is good for, you need to go left and not right. Mm, you need to, practical stuff. Yes. You shouldn't be making decisions based on your head. Your, your heart actually has a bigger energy field than your brain does. Mm. But we do not know how to use our heart and we don't trust our heart and all the external forces that are in our world are telling us that we can't trust our heart, that you have to trust your brain. Mm. So moving from your mind to your brain is really a leap of faith. And it's really, it's a really a leap in, into a new way of expressing your own life. And you have to be courageous. And what fuels courage is curiosity. There's yes. nothing better for for courage than curiosity. You just have to be curious about things. Yeah. Um, you don't just say no because it's never been done before, because you haven't done it before, because no one you've known be done it before. If that had been the case, you know, Copernicus would have learned that that we that we revolve around the sun and not the other way around. I mean, you know, there have been heretics throughout time that have proven that the things that were believed in in their time was not true. And I think there are many things like that now in our in, in consciousness and, and in the reality of who we are as human beings on this planet that we will discover in the next 10, 20, 30 years have nothing to do with the truth of who we really are, mm. that we're really being kept in a sort of, it is sort of a matrix of, of um, control to a certain degree, you know, and comfort you know, as long as you're comfortable People are fine with not really exploring too far into themselves, but it's really when you become uncomfortable in life that you start exploring into unknown places. So suffering tends to be a real catalyst for for change and transformation. Mm, it doesn't have to be. Um, I don't think it has to be, um, but I think humans, you know, they don't walk to the edge of anything unless they have to. Right. So um, mm. there are some courageous souls. There are always pioneers out there that are, you know, going out there and and dying, freezing in the colds of the mountains because they they went out. And then the settlers come in after them and go, okay, this is a lot easier than I thought. Well, they, it was easier because pioneers were there first. Yes. So it just depends on where you are. And, you know, I don't think there's any right or wrong with where you are. If someone is listening to this right now and they think, you know, we're crazy. That's perfectly fine. Mm. Um, because I look back at the different things that I believed over my life and even things I believed 10 years ago that I was absolutely sure about are, are now things that I found out were not true. Right. So right. We, we, always, we have to have um, compassion and caring for everyone wherever they are in their process. You can't wake anyone up. You can mm. only be there when they wake up and, and help guide them and, and help, um, you know, be the model for them to sort of you know stumble in their own way towards the future yes. mm -hmm. how do you cr trust the currents in life wherever they are taking you <laughs> another one of your questions I'll um that one too. that's that's good yeah i think um i think you trust the currents in life because you have to i think you get to a point point in your life and whether that's through suffering or because you you're ready to just go to something different in your life or you're being pushed in that direction, you just say, I'm going. And mm. you trust, you you trust yourself, 
you trust the universe. Uh, you trust that you are going in the direction you're supposed to be going. And even if you stumble along the way, because everyone stumbles along the way in this path. And I don't think there's ever a time. I mean, you know, I will get to a place where I go, oh, I think I know this. And then I realize I don't know anything. And then I think the one thing I've learned from being on the consciousness path for so many decades is I don't really know anything. I only know what I know at the time. And that mm -hmm. can change at any time. We don't know why that is. But um, I've, I mean, I think trusting the currents is a good way to live your life. And when I was writing the book, I actually had a different name for the book. Most of the time I was writing the book. And after I was just about to publish it, yeah. the book said, this is not my name. You need another name. And I started crying. Mm -hmm. I went, oh, no. I mean, this is like 10 years with this book. I can't now think of another name. I'm perfectly happy with the name I gave you. <laughs> and it went no nope. <laughs> and so i went oh well, you're gonna have to tell me your name because i'm not trying to figure out something else and about a week later trusting the courage popped into my head and i read the book with that in mind and i realized that that's exactly what the book was about was trusting the current in life no matter where they're taking you because you have to um sometimes you have to because you have no choice you're being drawn into an a, a uh, experience in life that you may not want to go, but you're going in. So mm. you can either keep your hands on the wheel and drive and become conscious and alert and aware of, of what's happening to you, or you could sit in the backseat of your life screaming, not taking control of your life and mm. yelling at everybody along the way. But um, it's, you know, it's an exciting ride and, and we don't know where life is taking us. Um, we have every expectation of what we want to go. But like I said, I, I believe that we're all in the process of becoming something unexpected. Mm. And that can be mm. a wonderful, glorious thing because most people are probably not super happy right now. Yes. Yeah, and you could be going in a direction which is way happier and way more mm. expansive and way more um, alert and awake and aware and connected to things and you feel better and you're, and you, uh, you experience more. So that's, um, I think that's, you know, that's what you find by trusting the currents. Mm. It's almost like a sort of uh, Zen sort of state in that uh, instead of holding on to things, you let go and just let life be and live it. You have to let go. And it doesn't mean that you don't worry. And it doesn't mean that you don't have emotions around it. I mean, the one big thing you have to learn when you are, going through an awakening process is that you're going to have fear and you're going to have all kinds of emotions that you don't want to have, but you can't hold on to them. Mm -hmm. You have to, as fast as you can, put yourself into a neutral space and just observe the emotions you're having. And then, um, and then, and then like allow them to come up and come out so that you can, so that you can release them. Mm -hmm. what are energetic frequencies and how can we work with them uh, well everything's an energetic frequency all of everything exists in our universe is an energetic frequency we're all vibration yeah. everything is energy that is that is not me speaking that is einstein that is tesla that is every quantum physicist and religious scholar and it, it doesn't matter what side of the coin you're on with that 
we are all energy. The the table, the chair, um, the couch I'm sitting on right right now is all frequencies. We're just perceiving it as solid, for yes. whatever reason. So energetic frequencies make up everything, yeah. and it's a matter of the are those energetic frequencies resonating with you or not? So mm. the things that resonate with you, you will be drawn to and they make you feel good. The frequencies that, that are dissonant to you will make you feel bad. So that's why when you meet some people, you have this weird, I don't like you, or you have this weird, oh, I want to know you. And that's because your energy, your frequencies and their frequencies are either in resonance or in dissonance. Mm. Um, when you're fighting with someone, you're in energetic dissonance. When yes. you're in love with someone, you're an energetic resonance. So um, once you realize that everything is energetic and you can go outside and you can sit under a tree and you can ask the tree to give you some of its energy, to give you some of its strength, to, to help clear some of the negativity that is in your body because nature clears all of our negativity. Nature takes our carbon dioxide and turns it into oxygen. Mm. Um, you know, nature takes our garbage or real garbage, and and turns it into flowers. So, um, yeah, it's. I mean, everything is is energy. And once you're able to determine that, I'm very sensitive to energy. Every I feel everything. So I feel people. I'm very aware of trees. I'm very aware. Um, I become hyper conscious of of my environment and um, and of the people and and the different things that are in that environment mm -hmm. so we're we're going through a, a world transition and i know that you're you're experiencing it i'm experiencing it and probably a lot of yeah, the listeners I think are experiencing, experiencing it, it. <laughs> but and even more so consciously so we're we're all like oh wow it's, it's things are getting <laughs> yeah. weirder um and it's uh seems to be ramping up <laughs> continuously um so uh the current global transformation, what do you think we're going through? And do you have any messages for the audience about um, walking that transition consciously? Um, well, you know, this has been prophesized for millennia by mm. every indigenous kind of culture out there that we would be going through this time of transition and again you know there's different ways of looking at it there are different prophecies that say we are going into a we're we are very much in a polarization of frequency right now and it's either right or wrong good or bad black or white red or here red or blue um, and that polarization is 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 creating tension but we're also we're also energetically ascending. I mean, there's all kinds of energetic frequencies coming off of the sun. There's all kinds of cosmic frequencies coming in. There's human resonance is off the chart. Um, if you really look at any of that, you, you can see that there's so much going on on an ethereal and energetic level that is shifting us. And so, and the planet is changing. The planet is expanding. The planet is, is um, becoming more awake and aware as well so yeah. as that happens everything that is negative and everything that is dark is beginning to surface because it's beginning to clear it's just like when when you start becoming more focused on on your unconscious trauma the unconscious trauma comes up because it needs to come up it's like a healing crisis if, if you're going through a cleanse you will probably get sick before 
the toxins that are in you leave your body because that's a very normal thing is toxins have to be come up and be experienced before they can finally be released. And I believe that that's been happening on our planet probably for decades now, because most of us that are part of this global transformation and, and aware of it have, you know, have seen this, have felt this coming for a long time. And, and like I said, the indigenous tribes have talked about it. I mean, I live in Sedona and the Hopis talked about this with their prophecy rock for, you know, many, many years ago. So it's, um, it, it, it doesn't take a lot to look at the world and see that we're going through something really big. Yes. And it just depends on the way that you're experiencing it. Are you experiencing it from, from a great degree of fear and anger um, and confusion and hatred? And that is one side of the polarization, which is getting stronger and darker. And the other side is, okay, we're on the other side of this now, and it's more about, okay, how can we make things better? So people are moving into new ways of creating regenerative economies and regenerative ag agriculture and new, new kinds of communities and, and looking at human technologies of wisdom, intuition, and wanting to go into their deepest inner universe and find out what's in there and explore who they really could be. Um, once they get past all the social conditioning. And so you have that side of it, which is the side that we're on. Um, mm. But um, you it's a conscious choice. And yes. I truly don't believe one side is bad or good. I think it just is. Yes. I think it's better for us if more people want to do good things and want to find people to resonate with and care about and support and sacrifice for because I think the place that we're trying to get to is quite beautiful mm. and and very and way more human than than we're living right now. And of course, now we're going to the world of AI, which is another whole bipolarization of AI versus organics. So you know, there's so much going on. It's you know, you really have to just kind of tap into your own self and where where you are in the process because, we're all at different places. I mean, I personally think we're all living our own little, our own little universes. Mm. So my universe is different than your your own universe. So you could very well be having a different experiences than I'm having. So yes. I could think something is the truth, and you could think something is the truth, and maybe they're both the truth. Why do we think there's only one truth? Why can't mm. more than one person be true? Because because they're having the experience of truth. Mm. Um, and I think the best way to navigate this is by being in a neutral space. By, by finding ways into your heart, by allowing people to have their belief systems and not attacking them and telling them they're crazy um, on, on either side um, yeah. and putting all of your energies into building something that is beautiful and new. And it's probably going to take decades. I mean, I, you know, there's, you know, there, again, there's so much talk about there's be a bipolarization of the earth, you know, the earth will split into two. I don't know. I like that idea, but I don't know that that's going to happen. I think most likely we are seeing a long progression of how life is going to be transformed. But, you know, consciousness is a spiral and it only goes up. Um, so we are on the spiral of consciousness up. So it's inevitable that our planet become more conscious. It's just that how long does it take and what kind of suffering and what kind of um, collapse will we have to navigate before that happens and the more people that are willing to go okay i'm going to move into my heart 
I'm going to trust that maybe there's something new coming into my life. I'm going to help support people that I can support. You know, I, I have some extra money. Maybe I'll help the person that doesn't have money. I have some extra time. Maybe I'll help my neighbor that needs some time. I have some skills and some talents that someone I know could really use and, and, and I could take a little bit of time away from my life. I think once we get away from that, self-protective mechanism when we start really connecting to them ourselves and find that we're all little pieces of the puzzle and the things that I'm good at, um, maybe I can help you and maybe the things I'm terrible at, maybe you can help me with. Um, Mm. And that's really the idea of collaboration and um, uh, coalescence. You know, Mm. we're really about how are we going to coalesce together Mm. in a more, um, meaningful way and Mm. find ways to uh, kind of expand and elevate our own humanity. You know, we Mm. don't want to become robots. We, but we also need to become more conscious humans because we haven't done a good job on the planet and we haven't done a good job with each other. So this is, we wouldn't be looking at it if, you know, if we weren't scared and suffering right now. Mm. Yeah, it does sound like a call towards conscious community, which would be uh, pretty much where we are. Conscious community. I mean, we all have to know each other because Mm. there are people listening to to your podcast right now who are sitting somewhere and they're having these little moments. Maybe they're having mystical experiences or synchronicities that they've never had before. And Mm. they're going, what's that? And and maybe it's scaring them. Maybe they're telling people about it and people Mm. are telling them that they're crazy. Um, maybe they're feeling very isolated and lost and alone because they think they're failures. They mm. think they don't know what they're doing. They think they don't fit in, but maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> they yeah. don't fit in yeah. because who wants to be well-adjusted to a maladjusted culture? That's right. I think um, that's a reasonable That's response. why it's important, that community. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. exactly. You're having a reasonable response to an unreasonable experience. That's right. But we're that's told right. that you're supposed to fit in. So it's that's why conscious community is really important right now and finding people that allow you to stumble and bumble and be vulnerable. When you know when one person's vulnerable, it's it's a very strong sense of weakness. But when two people start sharing their vulnerability, it's the beginning of strength. And the more mm-hmm. people that share their vulnerabilities and their fears, the more strength is created from that. I mean those that's where real family is formed. You know, that's where real teams are formed. That's where a real community is formed. Mm, that sounds wonderful and also possible. And I think it is actually happening gonna, already. <laughs> it is way. happening. It's just happening in small spaces. I mean, you know, those of us that are doing this, mm. we really, you know, it's everything to us, but we are a very small percentage of people on the planet. And so mm. all we can do is do the work that we're here to do and model it ourselves and, you know, try to help each other not feel like we're nuts because yeah. no matter how long you've been on this road, there are moments you go, I am completely out of my mind. Mm. Why am I not normal? And then yeah. all of a sudden you realize why you're not normal because you're not supposed to be normal to this world. You're supposed to be creating the new world. Yes. Well, when I was going through that stage in my life where I had that um, being informing me and we were doing a lot of work together, I was yearning so desperately mm-hmm. for everyone else to actually come up into this consciousness and this expanded awareness. <laughs> and I said, I said to her at the time, I said, look, I want this for everybody. How do I do that? And she said, you do nothing. You just Can't be it. in it. 
just be in it. <laughs> and what happens is it radiates and, and yeah. people start elevating anyway because that's just what happens. And I did notice that actually happened amongst my group I know. at the time. And I was like, wow, this is actually happening. And, and I didn't do anything. And um, she was right, of course. You know. So <laughs> it was. Um, yeah. Know, just, well, that's the whole thing. Happened. I mean, we want to share. Like, you know, when you start having these experiences, you want to share and you yes. want to, and you tend to get a little evangelical, but, and which is always is one of the first things. And if you start trying to tell everyone the experiences you're having, you know you're being evangelical and to back off because it's it's not about you sharing um, yeah. about what you've learned. It's about you integrating what you've learned into yourself so that you model it and that you energetically, your energy is what is going to be communicating to people. Yes. And that's the hard part. Our, you know, words are, you know, we have, we have to language things. Like when I speak to you, I'm languaging differently than, than if I'm speaking to someone who doesn't know anything about this. Yes. I will change the way that I language because mm. language holds frequencies. And mm. so when I'm languaging to you, I am, I am transmitting certain frequencies based on your level of consciousness. But if I'm speaking to someone with, with a different level of consciousness, I will use different languaging because this level of languaging will scare them. Yes, but I okay. could say yeah. something similar, but I can change the language and make it digestible to them. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the more that we learn how to use language, and then language as we go up and up becomes less and less important because we begin to start transmitting. Mm -hmm. And what we do is, like you and I will be speaking, and we will be using certain language to communicate what we're trying to communicate, but we're also transmitting telepathically to each other. It's not like my brain's going, oh. I hear what CJ's going because frequencies don't have language to them. Oh. We, mm. we translate some language, some frequencies into language, but most frequencies are not, they don't have languages. So I am transmitting to you. You are transmitting to me. We are getting information from each other without having to use words. And as we get further along in this global transformation, that ability to, be telepathic with one another we become stronger so that we don't have to use as many words and and the words can be used as almost like kind of trail marks mm. i would say it's maybe uh going back to more of that instinctual sort of basis of um connection and understanding that um, maybe we've lost by falling into the technology so deeply yeah well we've lost a lot by falling to tell i mean technology don't get me started on technology. Um, I know it really helps us. It does in some ways. But I also know that it has it has really disintegrated a lot of our human um, frequencies. Even when it comes to music, you know, back in the '60s when people were li listening to 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 vinyl there were all these frequencies that were part of listening to music. And that's why the music of a time was so transformational to the culture because there was, there were frequencies embedded in that music that was transformational, that was meant for the culture. When CDs came along, CDs compressed those frequencies. So we lost the frequencies that do most of the transformative work. And that's why Mark, that's why much of music now is basically marketing. It's selling, you know, mm -hmm. it's selling things because the transformational aspect of music has been lost because the frequencies have been compressed. Mm -hmm. So that has happened with technology a lot. We, we've lost um, 
our ability to tap into some of these higher conscious frequencies. And that's why nature is so important. I mean, if the one thing I tell people, just go out in nature, lay on the ground, sit next to a tree, communicate, put your feet in like creek water, you know, anything, because that is the one place that we can still get to the frequencies that will help, help help us understand and communicate to ourselves about the organic nature of what we really are. Mm-hmm. It's a point of grounding for sure, definitely. Mm-hmm. So Linda, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And um, unfortunately, our time is up uh, mm-hmm. for this episode. And uh, I, I've, I've appreciated everything that we've shared here. It's been uh, wonderful having you on the show. And uh, I've got a whole Thank list you. of information that um, I've got um, regarding places that I can send people, but is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience um, about finding you and contacting you that um, yeah, you'd like spoken? Um, no, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm actually in the process of kind of closing off some of my social media. I'm really feeling that I don't want to go out screaming at people that much anymore. I'm going to be creating a portal called Wisdom Keeping, which is not ready yet. I'm still stumbling my way through it. But um, that will be the place. Wisdomkeeping.com will eventually be the place. You can reach me at lindapalio.com right now, which is where my book is. And I have another website called thewishingbowl.com. I was another kind of crazy story for the day. Um, I was channeled this frequency product called the wishing bowl, which is all about helping people make wishes in their lives. Um, so you can reach me through that. I'm on Instagram. Um, I've shut down my Facebook. I've shut down my Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, but, you know, reach out to me in one way, shape or form. And I, I really truly believe that if we're supposed to be connecting to each other, you know, that resonance will find each other and, and um, I'm really looking forward to you know, really connecting to people that are on this path. And I'm, I'm creating a, a whole new uh, uh, coursework on wisdom keeping and on the whole awakening process, because I think so many people are going through such struggle now and having, um, you know, all these people are depressed and suicidal. And I don't think they really realize that they're having an awakening. And I want to help them find the place that they can say the way they're feeling and not feel like they've lost their marbles um, or feel like they, they're failing in the world because there's a new world coming and maybe that's why you're here. You're not yeah. here to participate in the world that has been around for eons now you're here to participate in the world that we're making the shift to this global transformation so yeah, hold on yeah, just hold on and, just hold you know, on connect into your hold on and and yeah. connect to your conscious community and and connecting to me and connecting to cj and um all the people that are here to help and support because we're we're all in this together and and we're you know we really want to create the next beautiful thing yeah perfect that's an excellent ending thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's good having you on, Linda. And, um, yeah, yeah, as I said, I'll put all that information into the show notes. And um, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And okay. uh, I look forward to seeing how how your uh, your uh, wisdom-keeping portal comes out. And, um, yeah, thank you so much for your time. I'll let you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. I'm hoping to have it done by the fall sometime. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, then. Thank you so much. All right. Bye for now. Bye-bye. 
Well, it was a pleasure having you on Linda and her uh, stories of spirituality and consciousness and revealing some more information around her uh, book, um, which uh, I think would be an excellent read by the sound of it, um, Trusting the Currents. I mean, that's a very, very tight title and and uh, um, even, even that just little message in itself, Trusting the Currents, that's pretty much basically what we all need to hear right now. So um, thank you very much for listening and I look forward to uh, the next episode and seeing you then. All right, bye for now. Mm -hmm.